0: Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have sacred stone. <laughs> Oh, this new crazy mother! What's up, monkeys? Monkey Dan here, and welcome to episode number forty-two of the Live Wild or Die podcast. This episode is going to be Q and I put out an Instagram story a couple days ago, and got some great responses from monkeys. So, stoked to dive into those. But before we go deep, I want to give a quick shout out to the Wild Man, Monkey Rich from South Africa. We had a great conversation today. He's writing a book and uh, for some reason he decided to interview my monkey butt. So appreciate you picking my monkey mind. And you know, he's been an OG monkey and a monkey for years. So it was really, it was a special conversation for me just to get his insights and kind of his outside view of what we're doing. And yeah, I really appreciate it. There's certainly things we're doing well and then there's a lot we're doing not so well, but it's good to hear both, and uh, it's how you keep getting wilder, keep getting better, and just taking that journey one step at a time. So, thank you, Rich. Stoked to read the book, and uh, I hope you monkeys are too. So, today, I wanted to go through the comments you guys had left and just kind of address each one, and uh, we'll, go, we'll go from there. So, I'm going to start with the wild man Brock blades at Brock blades. You'll see this guy hanging upside down doing fully suspended push-ups, doing just all kinds of wildness. And, uh, he's uh he's an OG monkey. He's also a wild man and, uh, helps. He actually gives me quite a few ideas. So appreciate that. And his question or his suggestion really was he wanted a discussion interview about particular monkey workouts and movements. So, I see Brock Blades, the wild man. I see him doing a lot of, I'll say, kind of toes to bar esque exercises. So I wanted to kind of break that down from the easiest to hardest version and hopefully give some monkeys out there a progression to work on. So let me pull my notes here. So the first thing is one, just being able to hang. So I think I know there's a lot of people. Especially when I was doing a lot more personal training, there was folks that they'd want to do pull-ups right away when they could barely hang on the bar. So we got to build that solid foundation, build the grip strength, make sure our shoulders are healthy. So honestly, if you're maybe a newer monkey, if you're newly wild or you haven't done a lot of hanging in a long time, just hang. So you could hang for 5 seconds, 10 seconds, slowly work up. I think if you can get to a minute, you're probably pretty solid. So that's the first step, just can you hang Can you hang solidly? Second step, hang with the shoulders retracted. So if you think about if you're hanging from monkey bars or pocket monkey, if you relax, your shoulders are going to shrug up towards your ears, right? If you retract and pull your shoulders down, your shoulders will pull away. So I think that's kind of the next step. You want to be able to hang or at least kind of pulse back and forth between that fully extended position and being able to retract the shoulders and just get into a little bit better position. So just hanging is great. And I do that as well. Sometimes I'll just do, I'll hang, I'll even do just one arm hangs, just building that single arm strength, but even just hanging, especially after I've done a lot of pressing, it really helps just loosen up my shoulder. On the flip side, you want to make sure you're not doing too much or you're too relaxed. Or your shoulder's just getting stretched out a little too much. So just something to keep in mind, but You can do this hang where you're just kind of pulsing with your arms straight going from this shrugged position to a retracted position and can just help kind of work your way up. So the next, so level three we'll call it, would be a hanging knee raise or a tuck. So imagine I'm hanging from monkey bars or pocket monkey with my arms straight. I'm going to bring my knees up towards my chest. So you could go all the way to your chest or you could just bring them up to maybe so your upper leg is parallel with the floor. But great core exercise and a great way to work up to that full-on toes-to-bar. Toes-to-bar, I should say. From there, I think the straight leg raise would be the next appropriate way to go. And you can do both legs together straight. And going up to about parallel or just above parallel is great. You can also do a, one, a single leg straight leg raise. Single leg straight leg raise. So you're doing one leg at a time, trying to get that leg up to parallel or just a little bit more. that's, I actually do this one a lot for climbing where I'll do just one leg at a time, kind of bringing it across to my body. I'll actually, I'll try and do a single leg toe to bar. So I'm bringing, let's say it's my right leg. I would bring that right foot up to my left hand, tap that, bring it back down, bring the other leg across. It's pretty common movement, especially in steeper sport climbing. So I know there's some climber monkeys out there listening. Definitely something to check out. So from there, level five. I would go to knees to elbows, which I've heard some people argue that they think that's harder than toes to bar. The debate is still out there, but level five, I would say, is knees to elbows. So you're literally trying to tap your knees to your elbows. A little bit less range of motion required and you're a little bit more tucked up, so you don't need as much flexibility and mobility. Great kind of exercise to get closer to the toes to bar, which I put as level six is just full-on toes to bar, and there's even, you can even break that down a little bit more. So there's doing a straight leg, kind of more strict gymnastic style toes to bar where I start in basically a hanging hollow body position. My toes are pointed. I'm basically flexing at the waist, keeping my legs straight the whole time, bringing my feet up and trying to tap my toes to the pocket monkey or monkey bar and then bringing that back down. There's other ways you can do it where you kind of do this kind of curling toes bar where you can start with a tuck. And then extend your lower leg. So it's just you're taking away that leverage. So it makes it a little easier. So you can play around with that. I actually posted a YouTube video. Probably maybe it was definitely last year. Because I think it was snowing. But if you search monkey toes to bar. There's a great progression that I basically did all this walking through. And then level 7 for the exceptionally wild monkeys. So that would be like a pike to an inversion. So. Imagine doing a tota bar and then going totally inverted, so your body is literally upside down in a straight line and then bringing your legs back down and I think actually even just going from this kind of piked position to inverted that's a that's a legit core workout and it's probably better to watch than hear about this exercise but if you if you or to Google or go on YouTube and search Pike to Inversion. You'll you'll see what I'm talking about. It's a legit core workout. So Wildman Brock. This is my attempt at breaking down a movement for the monkeys. And yeah, I'll have to start thinking about this a little bit more. I think that might be something good to add regularly. So good question. Or good good suggestion, I should say. Next, the Wildman Lockkey. He had three questions slash suggestions. So and try and address all address all of them in a timely manner. So, the first is getting younger kids into fitness, or keeping fitness going while on vacation, such as Disney World. Hey, man, your Disney World's the happiest place on earth. So, I have a seventeen month old daughter, so I'm actually I bought her a uh, it's called like what is it? One she loves Pocket Monkey, so she, they're kind of intuitively drawn to these things. Just there's so much fun. And I remember when I was coaching and there was gymnastics rings around, the kids were always swinging on them and always just coming with all these crazy things to do. But, you know, I think I've thought about this a lot and I think, you know, I had friends whose parents were very kind of, uh, intense about training and basically kind of made them work out. I was always, my parents never made me work out. I would just was internally motivated and internally drawn to training to get better. So, you know, I think it's appropriate to push your children, but I also think, you know, it's gotta, it's gotta come from them ultimately, because at least in my experience, the friends I had that had super hardcore parents that were pushing them really hard, it tended not to work out so well. And it was the guys that were more self-motivated that had this longer trajectory. But my plan for now is just, it's really to make it fun, make it playful make it a game even, and just, you know, kind of follow their lead. If they hate doing whatever it is we're doing, you know, certainly depending, but if they just totally hate something, it's kind of, you know, seeing their interest and certainly guiding them towards certain things. But, you know, I just, I don't have, I don't have this strong desire to make her, you know, do, do these super intense workouts. I just, I want her to be active and healthy and happy and have fun. So I think with kids, it's almost like they, they intuitively, they want to move around. They want to play. They want to do all this stuff. I think it's when you make it more of this formal regimented thing is when you're going to kind of lose their attention. So again, I don't really have a lot of personal experience. I've coached kids mainly from like, you know, maybe fourth, fifth grade up through high school and college even, but you know, this was more formal team sports situation. So, you know, I think, I think kids just want to play and move. And if you give them a fun environment and you can, you can certainly kind of sneak in training, I think, but to make it like, all right, we're doing a workout. I don't know. I just don't know if that's the best idea. So those are my thoughts, but I'd love to hear what works. And then, you know, training on the road, you know, it doesn't need to be, I was actually talking to monkey rich and I were talking about this today earlier on our call. It's, it's going it's having this attitude of just taking every every opportunity to kind of get a little bit of training in versus having to block out an hour or two hours or whatever it is to do this big formal workout. I think I honestly think the human body is probably gonna do much better doing little bits throughout the day versus these longer sessions, not to say that I personally don't do the longer sessions or that you shouldn't do them, but I think you can get. The same results or even better results by spreading things out. So on vacation, you know, my one suggestion on vacation specifically is get it in early. First thing in the morning, especially if you're with family, get up a little earlier. Maybe you just run outside and throw a pocket monkey around a branch real quick, do a quick, you know, three by ten, three by fifteen, whatever it is, and then you're back. You know, something is always better than nothing, and it just helps keep with the momentum. Lucky asked another question. He says, you've talked a lot about motivation versus discipline, but how do you get disciplined? And I was thinking about this earlier and I had a really good kind of epiphany. Hopefully I can articulate it back here on the mic. So here's how it kind of breaks down in my mind. Motivation is how you feel. Discipline is what you do. So I talked about this, like, it's really easy for me to get motivated, psyched up, read blogs, read books, read magazines, listen to podcasts and get, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go out. I'm going to train. I'm going to blah, 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 blah. But sometimes man, you know, when it push comes to shove, it just, it doesn't always happen. And I consider, I consider myself a pretty disciplined person. So it's really easy to get motivated. It's hard ass work to be disciplined. And Again, it's really it's just what you do. It's uh it's a very it's a it's a significant challenge to try and articulate how to become disciplined because I'm sure there's many smarter people than myself that have tried to articulate this and uh you know, the answer's still kind of floating out there somewhere in the universe. But what I would say is it's much easier to be disciplined if you create an environment for that discipline. So that could be removing unhealthy foods from your kitchen, from your cabinet, from your cupboard, whatever it is. That could be getting a workout partner to help keep you accountable, to show up on time, do whatever it is. It could be a variety of things like that. It could be journaling. It could be using a calendar a Google calendar whatever. There's so many just little strategies you can implement in your life that kind of one don't require you to think as much. And then two, they kind of, it's a system that just self perpetuates. So it allows you to one, not have to think as much about all these little tasks and decisions. And two, it kind of sets you up automatically to be successful and be disciplined. So, you know, I know for sure if there's, I have done this so many times, but if there's like ice cream in the freezer, I eat it all. If my mother-in-law brings over cookies, I crush them. But when I go to the store, I don't buy those things. So they're not there and I don't have to worry about it. So again, you can really, you can make it a lot easier to be disciplined just by setting up a, an environment for it. Good question though. This is a pretty good one too. Locky. So this is a three of three. So lucky asks, he says, leave no trace principles for monkeys getting out there in the wild for their workouts. So for those of you that do not know, I was a, backcountry wilderness ranger for three seasons i worked in sequoia national forest in california i also worked in yosemite national park man that was a special time i mean i can't even speak when i think back on it you know i was living in these pristine wild areas my job was to go explore them hike in them talk with people and that it was just it was such a special magical time so and it it really has had a long-lasting effect but you know, I think one one thing I, I thought, and this was starting to happen a little bit, but I think Leave No Trace should be almost a part of like just education, like for kids. I think it should be a part of the curriculum. You know, I think we'd all agree that pollution is a bad thing in the environment. And so I think if you can get folks thinking earlier about, you know, just these little things that they all accumulate to either create a good or bad outcome. And, you know, I, I can't tell you guys how much trash I would find in the back country. It would just, it would just appall me, you know? And I think part of it is ignorance. I think part of it is being lazy, but I think just understanding the consequences of those actions is, is really important. So, you know, these are fragile ecosystems. These are rare ecosystems. It's, you know, they're not, um, they're not everywhere. So I think it's it's really important, especially as the outdoors seem to be becoming more and more popular. You know, we got to take care of them. And uh, Leave No Trace has some great principles, which let's see if I can look them up real quick. I used to have them memorized, but those times have since passed. So let's see here. Bear with me for a few seconds. Leave. Okay. Let's see how we do. All right. So. The seven principles from Leave No Trace. And it's just Leave No Trace. It's actually their website is lnt.org. Okay, so plan ahead and prepare. Number two, travel and camp on durable surfaces. Three, dispose of waste properly. Four, leave what you find. Five, minimize campfire impacts. Six, respect wildlife. Seven, be considerate of other visitors. You know, number 7, this is really I notice this a lot here in the front range in Colorado, but again, I think a lot of it's ignorance and just not really being aware, but man, it really bums me out when I'm walking or hiking, trail running whatever and someone has a loud ass speaker in their backpack. You know, there's these marvelous inventions called headphones, earbuds, airpods, air whatever they provide great sound and they don't pollute the, the environment from a noise perspective. So, you know, I think as more, again, as more and more people are visiting the outdoors, visiting these wild places, it's, it's wilderness for a reason. And the wilderness act actually is worth really taking a look at. You know, there's some really poetic language in there and it was really a, uh, you know, a thought and, what's the right word? It was really something ahead of its time, the wilderness act. So if you just, if you search wilderness act, it should pop up and it's, uh, it's really a special thing. That's, you know, I know there's national parks all around the world, but it was really kind of started as a uniquely American thing that has since spread out. So I think as Americans, we take it a little bit for granted, but again, it's just, there's not a lot of it. So if you are going to go out there, you got to take care of it. Learn Leave No Trace. And especially, you know, if you're if you're monkeying out in the wild, be cognizant, be respectful. Don't destroy trees. You can use, um like, slack liners. They'll use kind of a pad around a tree or a jacket, whatever it is. And, you know, if you go to a, a, an area that you frequent, maybe try and mix up the branches you might be using, things like that. I, I try to use... Like dead branches, so there's not I'm not rubbing off bark and things like that, so just be aware and you know if you are going to an area regularly, I think just mixing it up is a good thing. Good question, okay so skate flare i I appreciate the comment you're a wild monkey, you've been getting after it. If you could send me maybe a DM with just a little more context, I think uh I could answer this better because I don't want to go off on some crazy tangent and uh not answer your question. So Skateflare if you're listening, please send me a direct note and hopefully I can get you a better response. Hogwild TV, thanks for the shout out. I appreciate it. Thanks for the monkey love. Right on. I'm I'm trying to make sure I spell I pronounce this name right. Tristan scholastico thanks for the monkey love as well man jake so jake of all trades he does our diy he's a wild man and uh check out the monkey diy's they're on our website if you just search diy on the website should pop right up but yeah jake it'd be awesome to have you on and talk training talk product dev and all that so right on all right so that's it from a comment perspective. And again, I appreciate it. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. These Q and A's are just, they're, uh, they're really useful prompts for me to just share my thoughts on monkeying. And you know, one thing I did, one thing monkey rich and I talked about earlier was, or he kind of called me out on, which I appreciate was I talk about the monkey family and the monkey community a lot, but we don't have a great, place for that community to really flourish and to share ideas and thoughts. You know, there's, there's Instagram, there's Facebook, but it's just, it's not the best forum for that. So, you know, I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on what you'd be interested in. You know, what our conclusion was, and I also talked to monkey David who's monkey co-founder with me and you know, our thought was the app is seems like the obvious way or excuse me, the obvious place to host this monkey forum, this monkey meeting place, this monkey community, this, this monkey center of thought, the monkey center of mind, of mind, of mindset, the monkey center of discipline, all that stuff. So no, I think it just be, it seems like a logical place to be. And, you know, especially for sharing workout tips, workout ideas, being able to help each other out. I, that makes the most sense to me. So I'd love to hear your guys thoughts and any concepts, any specific ideas you'd have. There's also been some monkeys that have sent notes asking about integrations with like Apple watch Strava other applications. So I'm definitely going to talk to our developer about that and see what we can do for you guys. So again, we're here for you and ultimately we want to make stuff that you guys want. So let us know. And wow. Episode number 42. Thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying it, I'd really appreciate it. If you could live, live, Leave a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. I think iTunes is probably the, most, probably the most likely or Apple podcast. But yeah, thanks so much for listening. Thank you everyone who left a comment. And see you guys soon. Monkey on.